everyone. Today we are going to be talking about the book, Who Do We Choose to Be? Facing Reality, Claiming Leadership, Restoring Sanity by Margaret J. Wheatley. And I have to say, this book was a tough one. It was um, challenging for me and, and really made me think. Um, the book itself is based on the quote, ethics are how we behave when we decide we belong together and kind of moves from that premise to then how do we respond? Um, each of the chapters looks at different topics and looks at them through four different lenses. First, what science teaches about the topic. Um, second, facing reality. So what is actually happening in terms of that category? And three, claiming leadership. And four, restoring sanity. And ultimately, she starts to talk about what is sane leadership. And sane leadership is sure a compelling idea. Um, she talks about... Um, in her conclusion, kind of that she has decided that what she wants to become is a warrior of the human spirit. Um, and a warrior of the human spirit, she would define as someone who aspires to be of service in an indecent, inhumane time, which I think many of us could agree is the time that we are currently in. Um, she says that sane leadership is leadership that has human beings at the center of the decision making. And that human um, or that sane leaders call attention to people and to their suffering. The only way to be a sane, a sane leader is to develop two skills. Those are compassion and insight. In sane leadership, we must first learn ourselves before we can accurately discern anything else. And then once we've learned ourselves, we must discern accurately what is going on around us. So it's no pie in the sky experience, it's very real world. She says, meaningful work reawakens us to what it feels like to be human beings. <clears throat> so my belief is when we provide real work for our staff and students and even for our community, it reminds us who we are and that we belong together and it allows us to work together toward a common good because the belief is that everyone wants to contribute and everyone wants to learn and everyone has a deep need to belong. She would say that sane leadership is focused on victims, not on causes, on relieving suffering, but not eradicating it because we can relieve suffering. Um, we, and she says that we do the work because we do the work. We can't do the work for the applause because we will likely be jeered, especially in this current situation where it's so easy to do that anonymously. And she encourages us to become an island of sanity. Today I interview an island of sanity from Jeffco Public Schools. You will be hearing from Mindy Fear, who is the principal of Drake Middle School. Today's interview with Mindy Fear went really, really well and was about 30 minutes long. And then in trying to produce today's segment, we lost about half of the interview via technology, which I'm so sad about because she had just amazing things to say. But here are the remaining questions with Mindy Fear. Okay, the next question. So according to Wheatley, biologists look for broken patterns of relationships within an ecosystem in order to restore the health of the ecosystem. So the way we can fix an ecosystem is to heal the relationships within it. Mm -hmm. In your experience, sure. how do you help a school or a system heal its broken relationships? Yeah, that, that's a really good question and a really good point. And I'm actually, I feel like I'm living that right now. Um, there's a lot of broken relationships here in the environment that I'm 
venom in and it's due to past trauma and mm-hmm. all sorts of things. And so we are constantly working on this. I, and I believe there's you know a couple different ways. One is, is reteaching people how to have professional cognitive conflicts, right? Mm-hmm. How do we keep it so it's not personal? And, and even just using those words, this isn't personal. This is professional and we're going to work this out. So even just in helping remind people, like, go to the source. If you're having a problem with somebody, and, and sometimes um, I have to model that for them, or sometimes I've even offered to facilitate conversations, but one of the best ways to repair relationships is to just open up communication because half the time it's, it, the, it's broken because of communication breakdown, right? Somebody yeah. didn't understand somebody else's perspective or whatever it might be. Um, the other thing is just to deal with whatever, um, not deal, that sounds harsh, um, but, you know, we, we've lost some students here, you know, mm-hmm. death to suicide. We lost a teacher by suicide. And so, you know, not shoving those feelings and those questions under a rug, but mm-hmm. actually, you know, talking about those things and making it okay to hurt about some of those things. Um, which is definitely, you know, I'm not a professional in that way at all, but what I can do as the principal is set up healthy conversations and get therapists in here and, and utilize EAP or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. um, and to model that it's okay to talk about some of these things that have happened in the past. It's okay to cry about them even, mm-hmm. um, but then we also don't just move on and forget about it and pretend it didn't happen, right? So. We've done a lot of healing that way. Um, I'm trying to think of how else. You know, it really is about talking about things and not just shoving them under a rug um, and going going to the source, I think, is a big one to heal. Yeah. heal. We do a lot of restorative conversations, even among adults. I think that helps, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times it's just they just want somebody to hear them and why they were concerned or why the relationship fell apart and not not let it fall apart I mean I've had several conversations with people that said you know I know you're frustrated with me but I'm not going to let that be the end of the situation like let's tell me why you're frustrated let me understand it and then let's do what we can to compromise and move on and re- and make sure that our relationship is strong if not stronger on the back end yeah it's kind of like not letting somebody give up and all of those things take courage so they're so important yeah they're, they're, great word to summarize it all it does take courage and then I think on the back end um recognizing and celebrating somebody when they do Hmm. step out of their comfort zone and do try to repair a relationship and say good you know what maybe it didn't end the way you wanted it to but you were brave you were courageous and you went out on a limb to share with somebody how you felt and most of the time it does come out on the the better end of side or things you know but if it doesn't you tried yeah. You did your part. So, yeah, also celebrating all the little things and getting there. I think we do a good job of that with students, but we forget that it takes the same amount of courage for an adult to do that as well. Right. And the more we model it with adults, the more they can model it in, into their classrooms, too. Yeah. You, you know, so, yeah, it, our adults need us just as much as the kids. They really if do. not more. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so Wheatley proposes at the end of the book that the world needs warriors of the human spirit. And she would define that as people who seek to alleviate the suffering caused by collapse in society with compassion and insight. How can we be a part of that work? Oh my gosh, I love that. Warriors of the human spirit. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I've, n- I've never heard that phrase, but I kind of feel like that's part of my call in life. Yeah. Um, because I'm, I don't, I never wanted to be a principal. I, I don't know if I've shared this with you. No. Um, and it's one of those things where, gosh, no, I never was going to leave the classroom. I loved being a teacher mm-hmm. and I still miss it to this day. But, um, I always had those people that kind of nudged me along, right? Like you mm-hmm. could make a greater difference if you were an instructional coach, you could make a bigger difference if you're a principal. And so I listened to people, mm-hmm. but when it, when it comes down to it, I don't think I have any sort of special skills or anything like that. But what I do have is passion about every kid. Mm-hmm. Like that is just, it's always been something. And I do, I just said this to my husband this week after I was really frustrated with the staff on Friday. And we were making some big assumptions about kids in their home lives. Mm-hmm. And um, I got a little like, I got passionate in front of the staff, pretty passionate. And when I'm passionate, I turn red. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you know what I'm passionate on, a Zoom call especially. So I do feel like that's why I'm here. Mm. I, I, you know, my last school, Title I, you know, 90% free and reduced taught me so much. And, and that was, there was, I was meant to be there too. But here, we, you know, we only have 20% free and reduced lunch. It's a mm. little different. And those 20% of our kiddos are totally underserved mm. and are totally misrepresented. And I feel like I am here to remind people that every kid matters mm-hmm. and that we should have passion and empathy and excitement and all those things for every single kid. And we are going to do whatever it takes to make sure they're successful, whether that's academically or mentally, like social, emotional, whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I, th- that spirit has to be alive in that building. And I think already it's shifting um, and you get the right people in the seats, right? That and or the people that aren't in the, in the right place, they either it's contagious and they start to to join the club, or they might leave and go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like that is what our world needs. But with everything being so divided right now, mm-hmm. I don't see how we can't agree that we just need compassion and we need insight. Um, and especially right now in a global pandemic, like. Some people are thriving in this environment and some are totally failing. Mm-hmm. And for us to, you know, kick them when they're down feels pretty sick. <laughs> and yeah. those are the conversations I'm having. And I don't know if you're having those at your middle school, but, um, you know, kids are failing right now. And the last thing they need to do is fail life during a global pandemic when it's already hard. Right. And so, you know, what can we do to just be compassionate, to have grace? to have empathy and, and meet kids and families where they're at and just do our best to help them get to the next spot. Yeah. So I think in education, we have a lot of power in this area for sure. Definitely. And those are the types of conversations we're having at our school too. It seems like it's everywhere. Um, okay. So St. Teresa, who was formerly known as Mother Teresa, focused on the victims, not the causes. So do you agree with Wheatley's claim that she makes that this focus is the right way to address suffering and inequity in our system? 
Wow. I mean, that's deep. I'm, I'm rereading it um, because that's a different way of thinking um, that we focus on the victims and not the causes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, in education, I think we're always focused on what the causes are that really we do root cause analysis, right? We're right. like, hey, what's causing these kids to not succeed, right? We're looking at our IEP kids and their data is low. Like, what's, what's the cause? But instead to focus on the actual victims, mm-hmm. I think that's powerful. I don't know if it's the right way, but I think it's a really novel way to, um, to start looking at some of the issues that we have and the inequities we have in our system um, and look at some of our, our students and, and what is it that isn't equitable and what can we do to, to change that for this I don't kid know. That's, yeah. yeah that's deep I, I think so too that whole kid cause conundrum is fascinating um all right so they kind of go hand in hand I feel like you mm-hmm. almost have to look at both right right you look at at the kid in particular but then there's also causes for the reasons why I don't know Right. But often the causes seem to be, I mean, I think we can find maybe larger themes or, or, um, patterns within the system, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's fairly specific to that child. And there are things we can do for that child. That's really true. And the case by case, kid by kid look, I think does benefit because what one kid needs might not be what somebody else needs, but yet the cause is the same. Yeah maybe for the behavior but you're yeah, right that's a good point. so that that is novel yeah i like that it's something i'm wrestling with too all right so wheatley ends the book with a reflection about the warriors in our own lives and how we often stand upon their shoulders who have been the warriors in your professional life and what have you learned from them wow um that's that's a pretty awesome question and you know Um, I think of it in two ways. Like I think of my own parents, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not really professionally, that's more personally, but I do believe that they are the reason I am who I am as a professional, right? The way I was raised, Mm -hmm. um, with the integrity, um, like that was something my parents always like instilled in us. Like you do what you say you're going to do and you, you act the way you would act when you're behind closed doors as if you were in front of people. And I feel like just that, that, that core value of who I am came from my parents and what mm-hmm. they, they taught me. And, you know, I think of that with my dad, that's how my dad always was. And my mom was all about passion for everyone. She's the person that, Oh my gosh, I heard the kid down the street doesn't have, a jacket I'm gonna go buy five like she's just been that person her whole life mm-hmm. that is just giving 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 to help support wherever she can and so I do feel like they have been the warriors in my personal life that have helped shape who I am in my professional life too like I, there's not really a different Mindy in the two lives <laughs> one relaxes a little more on the weekend but <laughs> for the most part I'm the same person in both places mm-hmm. um, and then I think of my professional warriors and I, I would have to say you know I, I was earlier I was telling you that I never wanted to leave the classroom and I think of my my two principals that kind of talked me into those next steps in life one was Barbara Rodriguez she was my principal at mm-hmm. Morris when I was a teacher and she's the one that said you, you've got to become a coach I think 
what you're doing in your classroom, you need to share that on a grander scale. Mm-hmm. And then once I became a coach, I had my principal, Michael Masoni, we worked together at a couple different schools, and he is the, the one that said, you know what, you, you've got this in, like um, innate leadership. People want to follow you. Mm-hmm. And he said, and that's the sign that you need to lead. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> but had they not tapped me on my shoulder, I wouldn't be where I am now. And I learned just so much from them and just, you know, having somebody believe in you says a lot. And so I try to remember that as a principal and, and just let my staff know how much I trust them and how much I believe in that. Even though we don't always make the right choices, I still believe in their, you know, intentions. And I, I learned that from both of them. Mm. So, yeah. Mindy, thanks I so much. I, I just you appreciate bet. your heart for all kids so much. And um, you are definitely a warrior of the human spirit. And I really appreciate you. Well, thank you. Thanks for thinking of me and, and letting me reflect. I, anytime I do something like this where people ask me questions, I'm like, wow, I don't know why I think some of the things I think. So it's always nice to have time to just sit and reflect on your practices and help me think about what I can do differently and better even. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you.